If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome to today's episode of the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, brought to you by City Fertility. City Fertility have proudly created Rainbow Fertility, which is Australia's first dedicated fertility and IVF service provider to cater exclusively for the LGBTI community. Rainbow Fertility are uniquely qualified to help you achieve your dreams of parenthood, so visit Rainbow Fertility today to learn more about how they can support you on your journey. So welcome to the podcast tonight, LJ. I'd love to start by understanding what led you to make the decision to become a solo mum by choice. Thanks, Alicia. Uh, look, I, I think it probably began when I was 30 and um, I thought was kind of on the road to um, to marriage and, and children. Um, yeah. I was um, engaged and, um, you know, had the house and the the dog mm-hmm. um and and the career too um but yeah that relationship broke down um pretty kind of close to the to the wedding date and um so with the end of that relationship um kind of went I guess my um my I guess future plants that I had made for myself so um I did the only thing I that kind of made sense to me at that time, and I um, ran away to South America for that's six gonna, months. I was going to say that's going to involve travelling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I managed to stay at work for about five months, I think, and just kind of planned the trip, and um, and off I went. And yeah, despite the the broken heart and dreams, had just the most amazing time. It it was on my it was like a lifelong dream anyway. So, um came back from from that trip and um kind of hit the online dating pretty hard mm, yeah which of course is a bit of a minefield um and you know learning experience i think at, at that time i was probably in a space of um thinking i you know wouldn't have kids um and so i was also like listening to some podcasts about you know um, child-free women and and kind of I don't I don't know maybe in a way kind of trying to accept that hey this isn't what's in my my future and you're only early 30s at this stage yeah Ooh. but I felt I think because in my head I would be a mum by you know 31 32 I think as time went on I just kind of it felt like that was kind of slipping away from me and I I really did have in my mind that I didn't want to have a baby um, on my own that I, I wanted to be partner I had quite strong views on on that for myself so did I don't worry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know I love and all that um, much more important to find my other half than to be a mother yes <laughs> what was I thinking yes. yeah <laughs> well I totally hear that and and then I I found a guy um you know did all this online dating and then met a guy through a, a friend of a friend um a bit older than me and had already had his children and was very clear from the beginning that wasn't um, wanting to have any more kids. And so that ended up being a kind of four-year 
on and off again relationship. Yeah. And um, I got to a point, and I remember exactly, it was um, September 2019, and I got to a point where um, I had accepted that, okay, I'm not going to be a mum, I'll be in a loving relationship and um, I'll, you know, have a relationship with his kids. And that will be enough for me. And, and in fact, I remember having this conversation with one of my my best girlfriends on the way to a seminar I was going to in, in Sydney. And um, I got to the seminar and it was a really, like probably one of the most intense experiences of my life, this kind of four-day-long, full-on, um, I guess, yeah, um, personal growth kind of seminar. Yeah. And... Um, through that experience so so what happens is they kind of work you into this state and then take you through this guided meditation and um and then you kind of visualize what you most want in your life what you most fear and what you most want and um the vision that came to me and I can still see it clear as day um is my daughter mm. uh, with brown hair brown eyes it's just like me amazing um on stage dancing and my mum and I in the crowd watching her dance. And um, and I just went, oh, oh, okay, that's actually what I want more in this life. Once the fear, once I kind of got the fear out of the way, I realised, oh, this is what I most want for my life, to be a mum, which I probably always kind of knew, but... You buried yeah, it. Yeah, I buried it because I didn't think it was possible and I had all these ideas around needing to find the, the Prince Charming, you know. So um, I thought, shit, I better tell my boyfriend um, that I'm, I'm, you know, going to have a baby. And I fully expected the relationship to end um, at that point. Um, but to my surprise, he was super supportive and um, and didn't walk out of the restaurant and never look back. Um, so, yeah, we, we stayed together and I... Did you say you not long have a baby with him or no? Oh. No. Because he because no, no. He he was really very clear from the start. And like full respect to him. Like he was very clear from the start, not having any more children. And um so I never actually even entertained that idea. And my friends would say to me, like, do you kind of hope you'll change? And I'm like, no, nah. like he doesn't want that. I don't want to have kids with someone that doesn't want kids, like, not interested. Um so I told him I'm I'm gonna have a baby on my own. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a, a sperm donor. I'm gonna find a donor, and um, yeah, fully expected him relationship over. But no, really supportive. Um, so then I went down to visit my my brother and sister in law, and you know I was telling we were talking about my plans. And my brother being a doer, and me being like not really a doer, um, <laughs> he was like, "Well, how are you gonna do it?" <laughs> And I said, oh, well, I guess, I don't know, like probably I'll call a clinic, start from there. And he's like, it's 2019, like surely there's another way. And um, did a quick Google search and he found an app um, called Just a Baby. And, um, yeah, it, it's an app for um, people seeking donations mm -hmm. um, and, and people wanting to donate. <laughs> So I spent the night, like after everyone went to bed, I spent the night on this app and um, pretty quickly um, found a, a profile of a um, potential donor that I liked. Um, Was there it's a lot to like, choose from? Like, uh, not like I want to say not really because um, a lot of the profiles of donors, sperm donors, um, like didn't have photos or just like had really little information. I remember I got a couple of messages straight away. So you can either, you know, I guess it's Tinder for, it is, you know, yeah. um, making a baby um, or co-parenting. So you can, you kind of like fill in your profile as to what you're looking for and a little bit of information. You can upload photos, which I chose not to. Um, and just had a little bit of information about my age um, that I was that I was partnered in a relationship with um, an old man that doesn't want to have any more kids, and um, and looking for a sperm donor. And um, so yeah, I got a few messages pretty pretty 
kind of straight away, um, which I thought was kind of weird. And they didn't have much information on their profile. So I was kind of like, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about this. But as I was kind of, you kind of swipe like you would on a dating app and um, came across a profile and I went, oh, like I I like this profile. Um, lots of photos, lots of travel photos um, and in his bio kind of talked about um being in the in the military long long um for a long time and um he's he was kind of i think late 40s at this time and um doesn't have a family of his own and, and doesn't plan to have one yeah. um and so was yeah was was looking to um to donate to families and um i think he probably had in his in his bio too that you know he he's known people that have gone through through clinics and um he's wanting to offer people a different option yeah so i went oh, okay and so I, I and i looked at the app um and tried to find the messages because i'm like what did i say when mm-hmm. i messaged him and i can't remember um and i couldn't find the messages but i i obviously messaged him and um we we were messaging that night and um, decided that we'd have a phone call. So by the next morning, I, I said to my brother, check this out. I've been talking to this potential donor. And my brother looked at the at his profile and went, he seems perfect. I'm like, I know. And it, and it was really like affirming that my brother said, like felt that way too. Yeah. You know, it's not just me getting excited and going like, he'll do. Like, yeah, to have someone else and, and whose opinion I really, you know, respect say, yeah. That sounds that sounds great. I just love how invested um, and supportive he was throughout. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it gets better. So so it gets better. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you a bit more about my my brother and sister in law and their support of me um, through this this whole journey and to this day. Um. So we'd made a plan. Um, the potential donor and I had made a plan that we would um have a conversation on the phone, which. You know, it's just the most surreal, probably one of the most surreal conversations I've ever had. You know, those moments in your life and you just go, I this is I can't believe this is uh this is happening. Yeah. So um <laughs> I'd written a bit of a list of things that I wanted to to know. Um <clears throat> things like, has he donated before? Um would he be up for um kind of signing a, a contract, a donor contract? Um maybe a little bit about medical history, his reasons for wanting to donate, a bit more about that. Um, what would he expect contact to look like um, with any children? Um, oh, what method um, of conception would he be offering or up for or whatever? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I kind of had my list and got on the phone and, I reckon in the first probably thirty seconds, I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I think he's a good one because he, he's just one of the most kind of like just call it as it is, straight down the line people I've, I've ever met, and and that I feel find real comfort in that, you know, like there's just no guessing with him, and and that kind of um, came through even in that that first phone call." <clears throat> So he he had a whole heap of questions for me too. He he wanted That's to know so things he's like prepared. yeah 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 he's pretty prepared. I think he gave me a. I think he talked first um, from memory and um, because I remember one thing he said and it was probably literally thirty seconds into the call and um, he was I think telling me about his reasons for wanting to to donate. Um, and really for altruistic reasons and um and having again having known people that have gone through the um the clinics and um <clears throat> and he said something along the lines of you know well you know mine's just going down the drain in the shower anyway so I've thought why not like you know do something <laughs> good with it I didn't laugh so much but yeah. <laughs> yeah um you know so he's really just straight up um but he so he talked a bit about his reasons for wanting to to donate um what he wanted to know from me were things like um, a, a bit about kind of what had my story, a bit about like why, what had led me to to, to wanting to be a, a solo mum. He wanted to know about support, the support that I kind of support I have 
Um, I don't think he asked directly about my financial situation, but I remember um, I, I definitely talked about being in a good financial situation, didn't give him my, you know, bank account details, but like, yeah, um, definitely mentioned that I'm I'm able to support a child financially. Um, and yeah, I think they were the the main things he he that were important for him to to know. Um, and so you had a partner at this time. You still thought of yourself as being a solo mum, though. You didn't think of yourself as, yeah, an interesting one. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely thought of myself as a solo mum. Like from the minute I made the decision, I'm I'm going to have a baby. I just saw it as, well, this will be my baby. I think I should probably. Yeah, it's a good question. I think I should probably mention my the partner at the time and I um, didn't live together mm-hmm. and, um, in fact, lived on other sides of the city and didn't have any plans of living together. Um, so we were we were we were boyfriend girlfriend, but we 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 hadn't kind of merged our lives. Like we were in a romantic relationship, but it, we had very separate lives, and so. I just always imagined it would be me and my baby and him and his kids and then us as a couple, I guess. Yeah. If that kind of makes sense. Um not long after that, or maybe even a bit before that, um, that relationship ended. So by the time I um went to meet um the donor, so 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 the result of that first phone call was, well, let's make a plan to meet. Um, and by the time I went to meet him in November of 2019, um, the relationship had ended um, with my my boyfriend at the time. Um, and yeah, so 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 this is cool. Uh, back to my brother and sister in law, they are like, oh well, because um, the donor was in Queensland at the time, and they're like, well, we'll come, we'll come <laughs> with you. Like, we'll make a holiday out of it. <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome! So, and they you know, they've got they've got kids. Um, pack the kids up, and and off we went. Um, and flew to Queensland together, and um, yeah, to to go hopefully get me pregnant. Um, so talk about yeah. a supportive family. Love it. So I went up to yeah, so I went up to Queensland. Um, met with the donor in person for a coffee, which again was like really weird. Um like so weird um but I just got a really good feeling uh, about him again just really like just straight down the line and and the other thing I really picked up on about him with things like um he would say a lot like whatever you want to do like with contact the, the answer to his um my question about about contact he was like I'll just be led by you like if you want me to if you want to be in contact with me I'll I'll be in contact if you know and, and it's completely on your terms and I I really liked that mm. um and he yeah I think he was kind of like if I donate to you and that's kind of it that's that's kind of that's okay with me and if I donate to you and you want to be in contact that's that's great too did you ask him at the so time I, so about like- um family limits like if he had a limit of how many people he was going to donate to I think he I think he told me so he'd already donated to two families I believe um both of those um both of those mums were pregnant mm-hmm. at the time that I met him um and he said that he'd planned to donate to five families and that he was also really happy to donate multiple times to to the to the families yeah so I thought oh that sounds that sounds good like five families you know, multiple kids, like how many kids are people really going to have these days? <laughs> um, so I thought, yeah, that's that sounds really nice to me. And and look, it is a bit of um, you. There's there's just a bit of trust there, like because he what he what he said, like there was nothing kind of written up legally that he goes, I'm only going to donate to five kids. But I just I just really believed him. Um, I think trust you got on these sort of things, don't you? And like if you've got some yeah. little flags, like the ones that were approaching you straight away, it's kind of like, nah, but Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just no red, just no red flags. I mean, look, 
there's um as I keep saying, like it was pretty weird and surreal mm-hmm. and and you know, kind of sure, like it was kind of one of those things I was doing and couldn't quite believe I was doing it all at once. But I, I probably didn't spend a heap of time worrying about a lot of things. He, he did sign a um a contract. Look, how legally binding it is, I'm I'm not sure, but it at least says um what we were agreeing to. Um, which I think is is good to have. Um, yeah, but there is a lot of just kind of trusting that it's it's going to be okay. And I guess it's the same I, thing I think, using a clinic donor as well. You're trusting that they've only donated yeah. to the and that they've been transparent with everything. So yeah, yeah, that's well, that's true too. Yeah. Um. So um, we had a coffee. Um, he we decided. Or I decided, yep, let's let's do it, um, and went back to the hotel and, um, yeah, he um, gave me his donation, if that's what you say, um, and uh, yeah, did his thing, you know, upstairs, um, and then I did my thing. Obviously, he left, and I did my thing separately. But um, yeah, unfortunately, that didn't um, that wasn't a successful pregnancy. Were you, um, were you tracking your ovulation and timed the trip based on that and stuff, or was it just? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah, I was. I, well, I believe I was. I mean, surely I would have because that would be silly not to. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it didn't work. Um, I, I definitely had like the apps and you know was peeing on the you know ovulation sticks and things, but. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I didn't that first time, and I was just hanging on hope. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but no, that didn't work. And then I don't think I tried the next month because it was like Christmas. And then in the January, met up with him again. He had moved by this time. I I flew up to meet him. the The plan was that um, we would do a donation both the night I flew in and then the next day, just for best yeah. best chances. But I got to the airport, peed on the ovulation stick and no smiley face. I was like, called him. I'm like, you know, save your best swimmers till tomorrow because there's no smiley face. Maybe there'll be a smiley face tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, and then and then went up and um, tried again. Um, and then I had to go to America for work, went to America for work for a couple of weeks, came back, peed on a stick and was pregnant. Wow. Yeah. 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 I actually couldn't believe it. I, I didn't think I was pregnant. I didn't think I was pregnant, but I, I, I definitely was. Um, so that's kind of that, that the story of how that happened. Wow. So your brother Mm. and sister-in-law were obviously very, very supportive. What about your other Mm. family when you told them what you're thinking about doing? Uh, overwhelmingly positive like overwhelmingly positive uh, I, I told you I um had called my friend on the way to the seminar to be like you know I'm totally fine not having kids it's fine mm-hmm. um and then when I told her my plan of actually I'm gonna I'm gonna try and have a baby she was like, like three oh, days later <laughs> yeah yeah it was a really intense three days let me tell you um but yeah she was like oh She's like, I think her words to me were like, oh, I actually died a little bit inside when you said you weren't going to ever try to have kids. Mm. So um, overwhelmingly positive. My dad was probably the only one <clears throat> that was a bit hesitant about it. Mm. Um, but, like, I, I get that and he came around pretty quickly. And And also, like, I've just got family and friends that support my decisions. Like, they just... You know, it's so nice. And, yeah, um, like my son's now nearly three and to my surprise in a way, I've never I've never received any negativity around being a solo mum. In fact, ever, anyone I've ever told, male, female, young or old, absolutely celebrate. Like I can't, like I've, I think before, before I got pregnant or, 
Yeah, while I was in kind of, because as soon as I kind of decided, yep, I'm going to be a mum, I then started reading what I could and um, I read a book and I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was by a solo, solo mum and she talked a lot about negativity that mm-hmm. she had received about her decision and um, so I kind of expected that and it's and it's like fortunately for me, it's never happened. It's never happened I, I, and and it's funny because I, I think I had thought, oh, men might feel like my decision to have a child on my own is me kind of saying that kids don't need fathers or, um, you know, men are a bit like irrelevant or obsolete or whatever. Um, so I kind of <laughs> I kind of worried about that. Um, and it's I've just never had that reaction. In fact, it's it's probably the the dads, um, the sorry, the men who are dads who I've told, um, whether I've got really close relationship with them or, you know, I'm thinking about my high school reunion when I told, you know, I was talking to a guy who I hadn't seen in like, you know, 20 years, um, and he was he was just full of admiration. He's he's like, you know, I'm I'm married and have kids and it's bloody hard. So you know, the fact that you're doing it on your own, like, just couldn't kind of. Yeah, just so much admiration. And and I kind of was like, yeah, but I've got lots of support and my family's really supportive and, and he's like, so what? Our families are really supportive. This is ridiculously hard work. <laughs> um, so I've been, it's been really, it's been really lovely. The, the only, I would say the only difficulty I've had really um, was not long after he was born and I was um, trying to set up like, Centrelink and um, child support stuff, and get his birth certificate. Like it was, it was kind of traumatizing. Like here I am with this brand new baby, and I, I think I was just I I needed to contact child support to tell them not to try to claim any money from the father because there isn't a father, and and I had to like I, I was on the phone to them for weeks, and they would keep. They would keep sending me back to Centrelink and then Centrelink would keep sending me back to child support. And the reason it was so difficult apparently was because he was a known donor and I was I was honest about that. And so then they referred to him as the father and I could not get through. And I remember this one day, and this is after like, I don't even know, 15 phone calls over weeks and I'm, and I'm stressed and like a new mom and not knowing what I'm doing. And I remember speaking to this one woman and she kept referring to the baby's father. And I had to say, can you stop saying that? Like, that's actually really inappropriate and insensitive. The ba- I used a donor. This baby doesn't have a father. And, and she, wouldn't, she wouldn't give up. <laughs> she just, yeah, said, well, that's the, that's the language that we use. And in, in our, you know, from our perspective, the child has a father. Oh, no. So my learning from that was probably that I maybe could have not said that um, I'd used a known donor, and then I think that would have made my life a bit easier. But they, but they even needed to contact the donor, so I had to contact the donor and kind of go, "Hey, like, is it all right if I pass on some details because they want to contact you to suss out like your relationship with the baby." And, and, like, he was awesome and was like, yeah, of course, tell him to call me. But it it was really, it was an interesting experience because when you have to kind of call a government body and explain your story to multiple people multiple times in multiple ways, it's, it's kind of this, um, I had this kind of underlying feeling of like, oh, have I done something terribly wrong? Yeah. Like everyone's acting like this is so unusual and no one's ever done it because no one could figure out what to do. Like no one knew what to do with me and my situation. And you, and it just really made me question, um, even though I realised I was questioning it and then would dismiss it and go, no, this system is just completely outdated. Like get with the program, you know. But it, it felt it felt really awful. Um so that's probably the only time I've felt it almost felt like I was kind of I was being a bit discriminated against, to be honest, um, because I'd chosen to have a baby this way. Um, Is there any way you think that people could get around that? So I had Lexi with a, a donor from a clinic and so 
as soon as I had her, I had a letter from the clinic saying this is from donor conception. Yes. So I can just pass it on wherever I need to. But as obviously you can't quite get that. Is there any advice that you could give yes. people what they should get? Well, I definitely thought at the time, had I said it's an unknown donor, it would have been much, much easier for me. Mm-hmm. Would I have felt good about that? Would I have felt like that was dishonest yeah maybe but 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 honestly the way the system was then and I don't know if any changes have happened since then but that would have been really the only way that it yeah it would have been done it would have been handled quicker and better Mm. um because you know what it's like too every time you ring you talk to someone different and then you have to explain your whole story again and then they give you a different answer and so it was and then you know call Centrelink Centrelink call Cool child support. Like it took it took weeks. It was I found it really stressful. And and I have to say too, um, and the bit that I haven't mentioned was um I lived with my parents for the first six weeks of my baby's life, and then I moved um and moved in with my brother and sister-in-law and their three children. Aww. Um yeah. So cool. adopt your brother and sister-in-law, they sound amazing. Oh, you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um they're they're the best and um and so I like was supported in in so many ways and I didn't have to like I wasn't kind of I didn't need that money Mm. um I wasn't relying I guess what I'm saying is I wasn't relying on that money I was on maternity leave so like I had I had money coming in but I I just I kind of also felt like well hang on a minute like if this is if I'm entitled to this like every other person I'm gonna try and kind of get this this money um so it was yeah it was it was diff- it was it was a difficult period of time and experience and then once it was all sorted it was like ah oh, okay and I you know just kind of went on with my life mm. probably good if you can get some sort of documentation though isn't it so when you apply for passports and all that sort of thing you won't have any dramas in the future yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the other thing too is um, one of the things that in that initial conversation I had with the, the donor, um, he had said that he would prefer not to be on the birth certificate. Um, so, yeah, I think, think that was a bit of a, maybe that was a bit of a process too, um, but ended up okay. And, yeah, I I have that now. And, and that's okay with me. Um yeah, but maybe that's a deal breaker for others, but that that wasn't for me because it kind of reinforces that um he's not the baby's father. Like, okay, biologically. But yeah, I don't that's not that's not a word that um that's not a word to describe the relationship um between, you know, him and my son. So Yeah, I think that comes with other legal complications and things as well if they are on the birth certificate too. So Probably, yeah. Just interrupting this episode for a quick word from our sponsors. Not only have City Fertility sponsored this episode, they are also extending a very generous 20% off discount for all of my listeners. That's 20% off IUI, IVF, ICSI, as well as six months complimentary egg, sperm and embryo storage. If you're just starting out or about to undergo treatment to make your baby dreams come true, head to the show notes for my discount code and a link to their website for more information. Little Mr. Man is almost three now. How did you find mm-hmm. those those first few weeks? So you're obviously with your parents for the first bit and then moved in with your brother. Mm-hmm. Was it what you thought it was going to be? No. <laughs> no. I, it was um uh it was a whole it was a whole heap of things. I had a um emergency cesarean um and, and quite a difficult and complicated labor and birth. Um, and look, my recovery was pretty good con- considering all that. Um, but yeah, my, my kind of memories of the first six weeks were just, you know, feeding, just feeding, 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 feeding. Um, and he was, he was feeding all right, um, initially. Um, I do remember the first night I was home. Um, from the hospital I, I loved being in the hospital after having my baby um, yeah he had to he had to spend his first night in, in special care but I was able to um, hold him kind of in the early hours the next morning which was um, 
amazing. And he latched straight away and was like, you're so clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like I was in this little cocoon and also like it was, you know, COVID had happened. So I'd gone in um, in lockdown to the hospital and by the time I came out four days later, the lockdowns the, had lifted, the restrictions had lifted so people could visit, which was really nice. And no one visited in hospital, but that was also kind of nice. My mum my mum could visit. Um, and my doula, I had a doula to support yeah. me through the birth. I could only have one um, birth partner. Is that the right word? Um, so that was a doula for me. Um, so my, yeah, unfortunately my, I couldn't have my mum as well. But um, like probably lucky for her because it was, it wouldn't have been a very fun day. So the, so the the first six weeks, yeah, my memories are just, um, I mean, oh, the first night, the first night after I got home from hospital and I um, I didn't take, I don't know, maybe I didn't take the medication um, in time or whatever and I remember I, I had him, I had one baby in the um, co-sleeper next to me and I just remember being like, oh, he's going to wake up soon and I can't really move and um also like my nipples are like really sore and I'm worried I won't be able to feed him and I just went into this complete panic like the most panicked I've ever felt because I didn't know what to do and my parents were like in the house but I just I don't know I, I I didn't think to kind of ask them for for help I just I don't know I just completely panicked and I ended up calling the um, Australian Breastfeeding Association and um, said, what do I, what do I do? Like, what am I going to do when he wakes up if I can't feed him? And and she was like just the best and just talked like completely calmed me down and talked me through things and I ended up feeding him and it was okay and I took some medication and so then I was okay as well. But, um, yeah, I remember that first night just being the most panicked I'd probably ever been. Um, fortunately, that was yeah, that didn't continue. That was it was fine after that. But um, so the first six weeks really slow. You know, you yeah, and and I kind of didn't. I, I'd never heard of that term. Um, is it like touched out? Like I I I I kind of yeah found myself going like, here, mum, hold the baby. <laughs> here, dad, mm-hmm. hold the baby. Like I just <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect. I I had this kind of thought in my head that you you know you have a baby and you just want to hug them all the time and just want them to be on you all the time and actually I realized that like they are on you all the time anyway because you're feeding most of the time in, in in that first period and so then when they're not feeding that's when you can actually like go to the bathroom or make yourself something to eat yeah. um I just feel a little bit like free um so yeah uh, so yeah, so was th- that was the first six weeks, and then moved down to um, live with my brother and sister in law, and stayed there for about eighteen months yeah. until I returned to work. No, it couldn't have been eighteen months. Um, it must have been just I returned to work um, just before my son was twelve months, and then oh yeah, and then I moved later on. So yeah, yeah, about fifteen months. I think I ended up living with them. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, just still so, so grateful. I, um, it was, it was a wonderful time. It was a wonderful time for us. And, um, their youngest son was born. So um, my son was born in October and, um, their youngest son was born in June. So, um, there was two babies. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And they were known as the babies and, um, you know, and then there's the big boys, the other two kids, my two nephews. So it was pretty awesome. And um, I, I guess, look, COVID was um, being in lockdown and, and my brother and sister-in-law live in a, in a completely different area to where my my connections are. So mm. lockdown was was, was kind of hard. And um, in a when the restrictions were lifted, they went on holidays to Queensland and then didn't come back for like four months. And so it was myself and my baby for four months in an area where we didn't really know anyone. And like our, our, my outings would be to the supermarket um, because that's like all I could really do. And I, I, that was, that was pretty tough. That was pretty tough. I I did have, um, yeah, I did have friends 
um, that would come down and and and, and um, immediate family because yeah that would come down. Um, so that was that was okay. I guess the other part of my story is that um, I did reunite with um, the boyfriend I had mentioned earlier, not long before he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that happened. Um, so. Yeah, so my boyfriend at the time could come and um could could come down as well on weekends, so or sec- every second weekend, I think. So that was something. But yeah, that that period of time was was kind of tough. Um yeah. So back at work when your son was just under one, and did you was it just the two of you then? Did you move in just yeah? Yeah, so we I I started working and I I can't I hadn't really um I had thought I'd probably have two years off um mm-hmm. but this opportunity came up um in fact I was um made redundant whilst on um maternity leave which was interesting okay, so um yeah yeah it yeah I know but it kind of worked out in my favor like it was it kind of ended up being a good thing um so then I was thinking, yep, I'll take a couple of years off, and uh, and then a, an opportunity came. Um, someone sent me a message saying, like, you've got to look at this job and you've got to apply. And, um, you know, working from home, great for you and your baby, and da, da, da. Uh, so I applied and and got the job, and so then um, yeah, was working part time whilst still living with my brother and sister-in-law for yeah. about I think three months and then I moved um yeah back to my area um which is closer to my parents and my other siblings my sister and brother um and my friends so yeah and and that's been um yeah having our own house has been pretty cool um having our own space has been pretty nice I mean there's pros and cons isn't there to everything um yeah but it's it was I think it was it was a good move um and you know apart from paying too much money in rent um it's it's worked out pretty well for us so living with your brother and sister-in-law during that first year you wouldn't have got a mother's group or anything like that have you managed to build a bit of a a sort of community village with um, other children around the same age? Um, I, I don't know if I've built a village. I, I would definitely like to be more connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I attend um, events when I can um, with other solo mums through the Facebook group. Yeah. Um, and can I just say, like, just awesome people. Like, I and, and also the most supportive online group I've ever known um I love it just so just yeah I love it I I never kind of read anything and I think oh that's a bit judgy or blamey or whatever like I always just go wow look how we lift each other up this is amazing um so I I have been to quite a few um events um and actually when I was living with my brother and sister-in-law through the Facebook group I connected with with another solo mum in that area and we've remained in touch too. like we've gone to each other's kids birthday parties and stuff which is really nice it's harder now because I'm you know we live far away but um yeah and then and then I guess the other um connection I have is um with the mothers of the um the other children that the donor has donated to so um I'm in contact with them and um yeah we we mostly talk online and um but we yeah and sometimes it's just kind of photos and sharing and other times it's like my kid's going through this stage like (laughs) um you know and everyone will be like yeah so is ours because they're all they're all born within kind of I think maybe 12 or 18 months of each other roughly so um yeah we've we've, um they they go through similar things or or they the older ones kind of go through stuff and then it'll it'll happen to to us and I'll be like oh I get that now so they're my other I I consider them as a support or or village as well in some ways even though I've only met with one family face-to-face yet to meet the other families face-to-face. Did your donor facilitate those introductions or how did that come about? Initially, yes. So, um, yeah, 
I guess he connected us um, online and um, or, or maybe it started with phone numbers and then, yeah, we've created our own our own online group. Um, yeah, they, and it's, and it's like, solo mums as well. Um, so uh, there's, yeah, so there's five of us, five families, and um, four of us are solo mums and um, one is um, a lesbian couple mums. Wow. That's pretty cool that the four solo mums as well, you'd be going through similar challenges with the kids as well as as women as well. So that's really nice to have that special bond. Yeah. And do they live yeah. close by or quite far? Not to us, no. They they live um, interstate. Um, we all kind of live on the same side of the country, which is good, but, yeah, yeah not like a I'll come up and f- visit you. So you have to be quite distant. intentional about meeting the other ones, but yeah, it can happen in the future. Yeah, yeah. We've kind of tried... We've kind of tried to get together. It's really hard. It's really hard to make people's calendars kind of work together. So it's probably like I just feel like it'll be a really, really special day when we all get together for, for the kids. Um, and, and what I love about um, being in contact too and having photos is I feel like it's important to sh- show my son that, that you know, we were connected. We were connected with your donor siblings from when you're, when you're born. Um, yeah. Like that's really important to me, I think. Um, and one day I'll probably make an album um, just of all of those photos that that we've sh- shared. Um, yeah, I really, I really like that. And and he, you know, he's already. So that so I'm I'm really kind of aware of language, and this is kind of going on advice that I've picked up from from here and there um, around. We refer to the donor as donor, and then his name. Um, which was funny because because recently um, we spent some time with the donor and he came with me to to um, pick my son up from childcare and I'm like he's he's gonna call you donor and then his name he's like oh that's all right and sure enough we walked in and that's exactly what he said yeah um so yeah so we you know and we read book there's there's books um that have been written um for kids and I've been reading those kind of books to him um for since forever like not all the time but um you know and obviously his comprehension comprehension of things is 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 changing and developing and so um yeah I'm very I I think the advice from Varda that I picked up on was that um you know donor conceived the the best way to go about things is if donor conceived kids never remember the day they were told they were donor conceived that it's just like always been part of their story and so I really um am trying to to do that and and there's and there's a couple of things that have come up recently um yeah where where my son has kind of I guess linked the donor to our family and 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 even though it's kind of a bit heartbreaking, I'm already saying to him, actually, like he's not in our family. He's more like a friend. Like I just think I have to, and and, and a lot of it's for me too to just practice yeah. saying it and and not being weird or awkward about it, so that like he doesn't ever think it's weird or awkward, um, so that he just thinks that's our family and that's normal for us. So you've actually got the donor present in your son's life a little bit. Then, if you're saying he came to pick him up from daycare, yeah. So so contact. Um, has really been, um, I guess, led by me. Um, however, um, because because the donor is um, now retired and kind of here, there and everywhere, um, there'll be times when he'll be like, hey, I'm going to be around um, or like in the state <laughs> um, at, at this time if, if you're free. So, yeah, that, that's happened. We've probably since... Um, I had my son, he's coming up to three. We've probably caught up maybe maybe four times, maybe okay. yeah, so so not heaps. We um every now and then my son will say um that he wants to call him on the phone. And when that happens, I say, okay, we'll give him a go. And we um do a FaceTime and yep. um and that's really nice. And it's like, you know, generally just a really kind of easy and like conversation but yeah more, more recently we spent um we spent a bit of time with him and it's yeah it's it's lovely I I and I think it's important and it's also like a bit weird because it's like because <laughs> I, I 
I think of my child as my child, to be yeah. completely honest with you. I just I just think of him as as mine. In the presence of the donor, it's kind of like, oh yeah. Um, oh, and he like maybe looks a bit like the donor. And um yeah, so it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of strange in that way. And also a relationship I've never had before. I've never had a relationship with a donor. So it's it's something really new for me. And um yeah, so it's it's it is like a friendship. Um and you're connected in this very kind of yeah, profound way, I guess. But then it's not like a um but then you're not I don't know how to kind of explain it. It's it's just and I guess a very different relationship from any that I've ever had. Um and, and it's new and um yeah. I guess, you know, I'm I'm figuring it out really. Um and I also feel very privileged to have have found th- this this donor and to have um, connected with the other families and to be able to for for my son to have a kind of know his donor as a as a person, I guess. And did you go into this thinking that you'd have one or more than one child? Um, I think I had thought I would have. One, I've had moments of thinking maybe I it would be possible to have um, another child. Uh, I'm now at the point where I have decided not to have any more kids yeah. and, um, yeah, I've, I kind of have accepted that I think I'll always feel maybe a bit sad about that. Um, I just, yeah, I just actually can't get my mind around how I could make that work well and also um I really want to be able to take my son on adventures like I want to travel with him and I want him to do sports and go on school excursions and um yeah I want to be able to really offer him a, a lot of experiences I guess and I think yeah a second child would would definitely impact my ability to to do that and like just maybe impact everything really. So um yeah, I've 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 made the decision, but yeah, carry like a, maybe a little bit of, of sadness about that. And how do you think becoming a mother has changed you as a woman? Oh, apart from like changing my entire life, um <laughs> I, and everything I do. Um how's it how's it changed me? I I feel um I feel grateful. I I feel a level of gratitude and um, admiration that I maybe didn't know was possible. I, you know, I I, I still feel like maybe sometimes I'm in a bit of disbelief that like, ah, this is, this is my child. And, and also I get so like, wow, I can't believe you can do that thing. Like I just, it's just such a joy to watch someone from the very beginning of their life and like all of the things that happen on the way and and them going from not being able to hold their head up to like telling you elaborate stories about you know how they are a dinosaur and you know like it's yeah. so like it's so cool it just um yeah, I, I think I, I think it, it, yeah, it's a hard question. I mean, I just think I feel things differently. I, I feel like motherhood has affected every part of my life and um, my worldview and really everything. And is it different to what you thought it was going to be when you went into it? Yeah. Yeah, it was different. I learned, I learned, I've learned so, so much about, um, what it means to be a parent, the actual things you have to do in your role as a parent, um, what it feels like. Um, and then, you know, lo- I've had lots of surpri- lots of surprises. Um, like I said, just the in the first six weeks, lots of surprises about that experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and also not surprisingly it's like the coolest thing I've ever done and best decision I've ever made and just to go back to you know my vision of um you know when I was like yeah I'm going to be a mom and and oh look there's my daughter on the stage dancing who looks like me <laughs> yeah I was convinced that I would have a daughter I mean this was a surprise I was I was convinced and people would say people would say LJ there's a 50 50 chance and I'd say no there's not it's a one million percent I'm going to have the universe is going to give me a daughter right now and then I yeah I got the call from the doctor and I think she was a bit concerned because when she told me I was having a boy I just kind of laughed in this weird way and said is this kind of some sick joke um and she really I think she was wanted to do a bit of an assessment on me but um yeah (laughs) that was that was a big surprise um and so maybe that's been one of the other things that I um, have have found surprising is that like it just doesn't it just doesn't matter that like I it, it just doesn't matter that he's a boy like it doesn't matter that he's not a girl it's just he's just my kid I just see him as like he's my kid and I get to to learn him and and learn about him and and I think that's the other thing I I kind of as soon as I had him I was like oh I've got to get to know you now. I, I didn't expect that feeling. I expected that it's like you have a baby and you look at them and you feel like you've known them forever and you're at one with them. And and I just, it was different for me. I, I was really like, oh, now I just get to know you like over the rest of my life. Like that's awesome. That's so awesome. And how do you find time for yourself now, living just the two of you working and everything else? Yeah, I um I've got a really supportive family as I um have have mentioned and um big shout out to my parents who I know I can call at any time and say can you um look after him um and and they look after him regularly for me anyway because I work um how do I find time I think you know one of the things that you kind of need to get good at and what I probably have needed to get better at is just like asking for help I I think I had it in my mind that people would offer (laughs) um no I'm yet to receive a call to say hey I'll have your two and a half year old for for a you know a Saturday night hasn't happened to me after that Um, (laughs) yeah pass on your number so yeah, I've I I have kind of worked out now it's okay to ask to call up and and ask. Um, the thing with because I because I work as well, I I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time of my time with my son away from him. So what I um have found has been worked out well. He still has a really big nap in the middle of the day. So, um, like on a weekend or on my day off, I can um been asking my folks if I can put him down for a sleep at their place and then I can go and have some me time so that I'm not missing out on my time with him but I also get to do things which is like usually stuff like food shopping which you really appreciate doing food shopping on your own without a toddler um oh yeah the other ways the things that end up in the trolley oh I just I just find it all very stressful so um yeah shopping food shopping on my own is is the dream um yeah so that that's kind of how I find spare time I mean it's it's kind of interesting too because I my I guess my free time is from um seven o'clock at night when he goes to sleep um but in in some ways it doesn't feel like that and and that's been a surprise to me too this like the the kind of feeling of oh, I can't leave my house like ever at night time when I'm here by myself. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of hard. So I often end up working or watching too much TV or whatever. So it doesn't, it, it is, it's, it's time when he's sleeping, but it doesn't really feel like proper me time. I don't know if that um, resonates with you yeah. or I, others. I drove at night the other night and it was so weird, like driving it's in the weird. dark. It's like I never leave my house it's past you. Like, like, what, what is this? Oh, can I see? It's properly? so weird. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And if you look back now, is there anything you wish you'd done differently in your journey? Not so far. Not so far. I 
you know, yeah, I could all, I could kind of say, yeah, maybe I could have read a few more books or like, I don't know, but not not really. Nothing that I that comes to mind, which I think means no. Yeah, it's good. And if anyone's on the fence about whether this is the right journey for them, is there any advice you'd give them? My advice would be to really try and whatever in whatever way you can get to the um, get to the core of what's um, your ambivalence around the decision. Um, and if it's if it's fear, then um, I would say like take a really good look at that um, because that's what it was for me. And and once the yeah. fear was out of the way, I went. I can so do this. Um, so that's that's what my advice would be. Yeah, and and also like, I I also don't know, um, how solo mums have multiple children and don't have like family or social support, and and that ha- and they still do, they still do. I think that's incredible. Um, and so, yeah, the the thing that kind of that I most rely on, I guess, is support from family and friends. That's my that's my number one. Well, that's a pretty awesome way to end. Thanks so much for sharing your story tonight, LJ. Thanks, Alicia.